Scott here from Social Energy Presents, and welcome to this podcast short from our signature show, Your Backstage Pass, featuring a special vignette from another great episode. But um, yeah, to answer your question about Sting, so um, I was living in New York at the time. I had moved there in, in 2008, and uh, uh, Ben and I were you know dating on and off again. That's my husband, Ben, who I met in Paula Cole's band. And um, fast forward to the summer of 2009. So I'm living in New York. And as you'll so often hear from anyone who spent any amount of time there, there's this thing we call the New York beatdown, which is that you're there in the city. You're so stimulated. You're meeting people you never dreamed of meeting. You're not only meeting them, you're working with them. You know, you're, you're, at your local cafe having a espresso with Bashiri Johnson who played with, you know, Whitney Houston and Michael Jackson. And he becomes your friend because you're, you know, shoulder to shoulder in the streets of Brooklyn. And um, so that's, that's all happening, but the city also takes so much, you know, there's like living in New York is like gorilla conditions, right? <laughs> so, and, and, the crazy thing that I think a lot of people don't talk about about New York is that you're playing all these gigs and you're being paid like 50 bucks to rehearse twice and then go play a three hour gig at, at the, you know, whatever name, whatever jazz club or, or club in the city. And so it's really hard to make ends meet. So I'm like, you know, going through the New York, New York beat down and it's, it's August actually might've been late July Um, of 2009. And I called my dad up and uh, we're having a heart to heart. And he says, Lila, you should probably just, you know, admit defeat, come back to Canada. (laughs) You know, (laughs) you'll have healthcare again. You'll have an easier life. But I was so attached to New York. I really was, I I felt like these were my people, you know, where had they been my whole life? And um, so I start really seriously considering his advice. And within a couple of days, there is a voicemail on, um, you know, I had a landline back then that my roommate and I shared. And she said, Lila, you might want to listen to, to a message that's on there for you. And so I pick up the message and it's Lisa Fisher, who I didn't know at the time. And uh, she's very soft spoken, even though she, you know, she wails when she's singing with Mick Jagger. She's very soft spoken. Hi, Lila, it's Lisa Fisher. I got your name from Greg Clark. Um, I'm putting together auditions for a project with Sting. Would you come and audition? And it was like, you know, within a day or two that I had to go to this Midtown studio to audition. And I remember laughing and turning to my roommate, who's like, wants to know what this call is all about, right? Because she heard it too. And I, and I think it's a joke. I actually think it's a practical joke. Because it was always my dream to work with Sting. But come on, like, really? <laughs> really? And, and then I think, well, okay, um, for poops and giggles, I'll go and audition. But there's no way I'm going to get this gig because it was to audition as a singer. And I hardly considered myself a singer at that time, you know? I mean, I was singing, but it was still just always something that I had nagging doubts about. I wasn't trained as a singer. I had been criticized as a singer, you know. So off I went, and there were a bunch of us, including Lisa, of course. And we just all, you know, like it was like boot camp for singers. Um, They 
had us in all these different permutations because they were trying to find a group of four who would sing well together. And Bob Saden, who'd produced Sting's uh, record, If on a Winter's Night, it's like this winter songs project. He was there producing the session. Now, knowing Sting, Sting was not there, but knowing him and how involved he is at every step of, you know, kind of any project that he's, you know, uh, a part of, I, I wouldn't doubt that Bob was recording everything and sending it to Sting to have him listen. And Bob called me that night and he said, you know, we want to bring you back. And again, I just, what? (laughs) How? You know? And so I was brought back a couple days later. I was even asked to recommend somebody. So I recommended uh, this young gal, Joe Laurie, who went on to sing with Sting for years. Um, And so it was me, Joe and Lisa Fisher and, and and a few other people again, just ro- rotating, changing places and trying out all these different parts. And then, yeah, I got, I got an email that said, we'd like you to come to Sting's uh, villa in Tuscany. <laughs> wow. <laughs> just, wow. You know, pinch me. And, uh, and, that, and it was just, the, the timing was extraordinary because you go to New York City for the New York dream. And even though that dream was taking shape in like little small and but significant ways it still wasn't enough to warrant staying i was still essentially a a sinking ship and um so that opportunity came along just just when i needed it so off i went and uh you know had the time of my life he's have you met him mick i never have okay he's a total gentleman he's you know he's just kind gracious so dedicated so dedicated and um it was it was just the fulfillment of a dream to work with him and we're still in touch so he's he's great i yeah. um we we interviewed uh uh jeffrey lee campbell who yeah. was sting's guitarist he put out a book and it was sting's guitarist on the nothing like the sun tour so oh wow years years before and so he did the amnesty all the, the with peter gabriel yeah. all that stuff back oh. in the day so we were talking about that and i'd mentioned that sting although i've always admired him and i have all his albums and i, I you know i listen to them like a thesis to this day uh-huh. and um the, uh that I was always afraid to meet him because I always figured he would be a nose in the air and I'd have nothing in common with him. <laughs> and yet, then a friend of mine who's a makeup artist in Calgary, or me, in, in uh, Hollywood, yeah. she said that she there was a TV show where somehow she became Sting's makeup artist and she was with him for the whole day. She says he is the sweetest, most yes. kind person you'll ever meet in your life. Like he exactly so the opposite lovely. of the snob you would think he would be. Yeah. And you know what? I think that, I mean, to be fair, I think that he was a little bit of a notorious rock musician back in his police days. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I don't know how many of those stories that are circulating are true, but I think that, you know, after meeting and marrying Trudy and, and having kids and, and he loves kids so much and he's so good to his family and he's so good to his wife. I think that, um, you know, he probably always was a gentleman, but all the more so as he's gotten older. Hey, thanks for joining us. Check out our many other podcasts featuring vignettes and full episodes from a growing list of recording artists and other music insiders. And please like, share, and subscribe to our channel so we can bring you more great content from this and many other shows we're now producing. Available both on podcast and video on demand.